good to be in the house of the living God today. If you agree with me, say amen. It's good to be here. Hallelujah. Why don't you go with me this morning to the book of Matthew, chapter 25, and we will be reading verses 14 through 30. Yeah, that's, that's correct, 15 through 30. I made a few mistakes on my printout, so hopefully I can read it. If not, then I'll go straight to my Bible. I try to try to put it on my paper so I don't have to read it from the Bible because my eyes are not quite as strong as they used to be. So we'll do the best we can up here. And once you find your place this morning, please stand this morning for the reading of God's holy word. I'm a little tired today. Dave and Paula kept me out all night. Yes, they thought I was in my 20s. <laughs> I don't go to bed at midnight very often. And watching Malcolm in the middle before I go to bed kind of wires you anyway. Anyway, Matthew 25, 14 through 30. If you got your place, say amen. Jesus is here speaking about the end time. So he's speaking to us directly. Because we're living here in the end times. So when he says, again, it, the it is referring to the times we're living in. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his service and trusted his wealth to them. To one, he gave five bags of gold. To another, two bags. And to another, one bag each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received the five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gave and gained five bags more. So also the one with the two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag, he went off and dug a hole in the ground And hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned to settle accounts with them. The man who received five bags of gold brought the other five. And master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See what I've gained, five more. His master said, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. And come and share your master's happiness. The man who had the two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Verse 24. Then the man who had received the one bag of gold... He came to the master. Now, I want you to listen carefully to this, because this right here, what what is written right here is going to be the key to the very last part of this these texts that I'm reading today. So we have to pay attention to what is said here, because if you miss this, you'll miss the whole message altogether, because it's going to put you in the right perspective. He said, Master, he said, I knew, I knew that you were a hard man. Harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. 
Now, now notice that, that he's referring to Christ here. And he calls Christ a, a hard man. A man who did not sow seed but took what didn't belong to him. Now, that this, this should help you understand that, that this is a man who did not, who did not know God himself personally. Because we understand in our hearts that, that Christ is very compassionate. He's loving. He's merciful. And he's also what? Forgiving. But here, this man who does not know his master, he says, you're a hard man. You harvest where you have not sown and gathered where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid. The Bible teaches us that God does not give us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and sound mind. So here's a man who's not even walking in the spirit. He's not saved. He does not know God. And so let's see what happens. So I was afraid and I went out and I hid your gold in the ground. See, hear what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I, I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I'm not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I return, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. For whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance than whoever does not have even what they... Whew, that's a lot to read. And even what they have will be taken from them. In verse 33, I mean verse 30 says this. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, if you're not understanding this, you could get in the mindset that, man, if I don't take my gifts, my talents, and what God has given me, I'm going to hell. But notice, this is really not the case here. And if you didn't understand the text, that's the way you would take it. And for many years, I'm thinking, whoa, what's going on here? You see? But since we know that he did not know the Lord, come on with me. Amen. Since he didn't, didn't know him personally, and, and he, he thought God was all this, but he wasn't that. So he's the one who finds himself cast into the lake of fire. So let's have a word of prayer. Father, I thank you for that little analogy. I hope it puts everybody in the right perspective this morning with your text. And if I'm wrong, forgive me, but I'm trying to do the best I can here. But God, I just ask this morning that you would give me the grace to elaborate on these, these scriptures today. Lord, I know this is not a very popular message. It will not be popular, but I didn't come here to try to win a popularity contest. I just try to come here today. To speak what you laid on my heart this week. Father, you are wonderful and you're mighty and awesome and we praise you today. And we ask God just to speak through these lips of clay and help me, Lord, as your messenger. Your word even teaches that, that we're, where we weak, Lord, your, your strength prevails. And so I'm weak today, Lord, and I'm leaning not to my own understanding, but I'm leaning into you right now. So have your way. Move by the power of the Holy Ghost. And touch your people as you always do. In Jesus' name. And God's people said amen and amen. Now this is going to seem strange 
what I'm about to say. In fact, I'm, I'm kind of hesitant about saying it, but as you know me as your pastor, I have always been a very open book. I'm not trying to hide nothing from you. I'm not trying to be secretive. I just say it the way I feel it. And I speak what God lays in my heart, and, and because of it, I have a lot of respect from you guys, and I thank you for that. But, but here's something that I have dealt with for the past 15 or 20 years as being a pastor and an evangelist, that this is something that, that I deal with personally. Because over the years, what I have seen, I've seen a whole lots of people pass away. Some were good friends. Some were not so good of friends. Some were co-workers. Some were family members. And some were even church members. And I've seen them pass away, and it, and it saddens my heart. But, but there's one question that always pops into my mind, even as I'm standing there at the funeral home. Looking inside that box at an individual, cold, dead, and stiff. One question always just rings in my heart. I say to myself, and if you die before me, I hope you don't. I hope we live long enough to all see the rapture. But if I stand before your box one day, I can promise you one thing. I'll be thinking the same exact thing. Here's the question I ask myself, or I ask them in the spirit. I say, well, what did you do, or what did you say to God? What did you say to God? When he asked you personally, eyeball to eyeball, what did you do with what I gave you? What did you do with what I gave you? Now, I know you're all thinking to yourself, oh, hallelujah. This is, this is not good news, Pastor. Well, th- this is a question that cannot be avoided. And I think I'm man enough to to put it out there point blank today so you can begin to consider that question. Because like it or not, every single soul in this room will one day leave here. Every single soul in this room will stand before God and listen. You will give an account on how you handled God's business. And so it's important for us today to, to begin to prepare this answer. And, and I know you're probably thinking, well, this is probably talking about our, our finances. Because he's talking about bags of gold. Well... It is and it's not. In other words, what he's talking about is a broad spectrum of thing. In other words, let's just, let's just talk about the finances. What if you stood before God and he didn't ask you about anything else except one thing? What did you do with the gold I gave you? How did you handle what I gave you? Are we being 
personally between you and God, not between you and me, but between you and God, are you being a good steward with how much change God put in your pocket? Because you got to understand what James says in, in 1 John, I'm sorry, John, not James, 1 John 3 and 17 and 18. He says, if anyone has material possessions and he sees his brother in need but has no pity on him, he says, how can the love of God be in him? He says, dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with action and with truth. See, it's easy to love the poor with our mouths from the distance. It tickles my heart to know that that Kathy works in the food bank in Quinlan. That takes a lot of guts, man. Takes a lot of nerve. Takes a lot of time. In fact, even Malachi, he, 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 he prophesied about what God is saying in the Old Testament before the New Testament comes in. Says, will a man rob God? He says, yet you rob me, but you say, how do we rob you? And he said, in tithes and offerings, you're under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you are robbing me. In other words, I'm not putting you up under a curse. You're putting yourself up under a curse because you're not being faithful with what Christ calls the little things. You ever heard Jesus say, if you're faithful with the little things, I will give you greater things? Did you not know that the little things is simply referring to your little pocket of gold? Come on, amen. That's just the little things. And so our text is not just referring to, to money, but it's speaking of many different things that God has, has, has given us to, to be stewards of. Now, this is a pretty scary thought to say the least. Because we're all going to have to stand up there. And I wonder how many people have stood up there before God and said, well, I, I didn't know. I was going to have to give an account. Well, whose fault is that? It's their own. Because God sent forth his apostles, his prophet, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And the world is filled with preachers. And so more than likely, many people stand before God and give the, the excuse, I didn't know. Well, it's not that he didn't give forth his word for us to know. So we can't use that one. In fact, I want to give you two reasons here that we need to really always consider. And that is, I'm leaving here, I will give an account. I'm leaving here, and I will give an account. you got to understand that. If you don't get that, you won't get the rest of this. Say, I'm leaving, and I will give an account. That's not good news, is it? Neither one of them. But it is for me. Hallelujah. That's great news for me because I know that I've been a good steward with what it's given me. So when I stand before God, I'm not going to be standing up there in shame. But Jesus even talks about sleeping. He teaches us, don't don't let him come while you're sleeping. What is he talking about? We're all sleeping. I couldn't wait to get home to go sleep last night. My bassist likes to stay up late. No, we, we watched a good movie. But 
What is he actually talking? He's not talking about sleep because we all need six to eight hours every night. He's not talking about, he's talking about sleeping on the job. Are you with me this morning? He said in Mark 13 and 36, he said, if he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. And then he says later, what I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. Watch for what? I'm coming. You're going to leave here and you're going to have to give up. Oh, yeah. Come on. Amen. So Paul, he clearly tells us in Romans 14, 11 and 12. He said, it is written, as surely as I live, saith the Lord, it's the Lord alive. As surely as is it written, as surely as I'm living, saith the Lord, every knee will bow before me and every tongue will confess to God so that each of us will give an account unto, account of himself unto God. Second Corinthians 5, 9 and 10. So we make it our goal to please him, whether we're at home in the body or away from it. Verse 10, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each man may receive what is due him for the things he's done in the body, whether good or bad. Your rewards. And so as a man of God, I have to say point blank to you today. Are you prepared to give your answer? Because tomorrow may not be tomorrow is the way we know it today. You can find yourself going to bed at night, waking up, standing before God saying, Whoa, I was wanting some oatmeal. Come on, I was wanting to go cook me some bacon this morning or whatever. But you went to bed with your head on the pillow and woke up in the presence of the Almighty God. And now he's looking you in the eye and asking you the question, what did you do with what I entrusted you with? Well, I trusted in Christ. I'm not talking about your salvation, son. I'm talking about your gifts, your talents. Come on. And then you're going to, have to explain yourself why you wasted all his time, all his gifts, all his gold. That's fun, isn't it? And you can't say, God, I didn't have nothing because his word tells us otherwise. Ephesians 2 and 10 says this. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do what? To lay on the couch. To go to Walmart. To go fishing at the lake. No. We were created to do good works which God prepared for us in advance. He created you for a purpose and a plan. And you wonder why you can play the bass. Yeah, it took work, it took effort, but it was because the hand of God was on you for a purpose. You can't just say, oh, I'm tired of playing, I'm going to walk away. No, it doesn't really work that way because you're going to have to stand before God and say, hey, what did you do with what I gave you? Brian said, I don't feel like singing today. No, he's got a job, so he prepares Because he knows that when he stands before God, he says, Lord, you know, I I wasn't, you know, 
a great singer, but I, I did the best that I could, or I wasn't a great drummer, or I wasn't a great this, but I did with what you gave me. I took what little I had, and I used it to the best of my ability. Does that make sense? So Isaiah says, shout it aloud, Isaiah 58 and 1. He's talking to me here. I've given you a gift. I've given you a big mouth. And it's big. I said, told my wife, I said, you pick out my clothes today and I'll pick yours out. It didn't work. She picked mine out, but when it came to me, it didn't happen. And I told her, I said, you know what? I look like a leprechaun. I said, but the good news is I may be a little man, but I'm a giant leprechaun. (laughs) Amen. But it's my job as a man of God to shout it out. He says, shout it aloud. Don't hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their, their rebellion and to the house of Jacob their sin. So as a messenger of God, it's my responsibility not to make you feel good or tickle your ears. It's my responsibility to shout it loud and let you know that, hey, you will leave here and you will give an account. My job is to say, you better be prepared because you're going to be shaking in your shoes. Well, I started serving you this time, but what about the 40, the 50 years that you wasted on yourself? Is it hot in here or is it just me? So the good news is this. The good news is not that we have to give an account. The good news is that we can start today and begin preparing To give our answer to God. Because I don't want to hear what God said to this one man. You wicked. You lazy. You're worthless. I want to hear. Well done. Good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a little. I'm going to give you more. Enjoy your father's happiness in the kingdom. That's what I want to hear. But praise God, if you're saved today, you'll never hear a worthless, lazy servant. Because your first job is to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That's the hardest job of anything. Because so many of us just don't want to let it go. Want to hang on to the world just a little longer. I didn't want to get saved. (laughs) I was having fun. Because I knew once I got saved, I had to change my ways. I had to change my tongue. First of all, it was ugly. Come on, amen. But he changed that for me. First thing he did. I got saved and I had great conviction over my tongue. So I had to be a good steward with this. Think about it. What has God given you that he's entrusted you with? You think your tongue won't have to give an account? Woo! You sorry rascal. Try in front of me. I'll open up a can of whoop on you. Come on, amen. <laughs> yes. Today's message is simply entitled, Don't Bury 
your golden opportunities. Turn to your neighbor this morning and say, neighbor, are you preparing to give an excuse? Are you preparing to go to work? <laughs> Woo! Listen to Peter. First Peter 4 and 10. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as a faithful administering God's grace in its various forms. My wife, she can't teach. She's not gifted in that area. She's not a teacher, but she has a great gift of hospitality. I'm not, everybody's coming over again. That's me. You know, she's like, yeah, Hercules. I want to lay on the couch, watch something, you know. But she's like all happy about, you know, the serving. I mean, she's working in, in her, her job. Then she's running to the kitchen. She's back and forth. I'm like, yes, because she loves to serve. And, and, and she may not realize it, but her rewards will be great for her efforts. But, but see, I'm not moved that way because I'm not gifted that way. I like having my buddies over sometime to hang out. But I'm not going to go all the way and make chips and salsa. And, Hold on, guys. I'm cooking something. No, it's not going to be like that. Huh? Y'all want a cold drink? What y'all want to do? Talk about the band? It'd be simple, but no. She's different. So Paul says in Romans 12, 6 through 8, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us, if you get the prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then let him serve. If it's teaching, let him teach. If it's encouraging, let him encourage it. If it's contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. That's what Tammy's gifted at. Very giving woman. Very giving woman. If it's leadership, let him govern diligently. If it's showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Hallelujah. Can you find yourself on that page? I'm sure you're there. Now, I was thinking about this this week. Have you ever looked at something from an outside point of view? Have you ever studied yourself from the outside? See, it's hard for us to see ourselves. But, but I was, I was, I was examining not just me, but I'm examining this church as a whole. And I'm thinking, well, we're preaching truth, so we're doing pretty good there. We're paying our bills, so we're doing pretty good on the giving part. But then I got to thinking about the leadership part. Where's the elders? Where's the deacons? And so what that does... It puts the body in trauma. Cause, cause what, what's happening is you're trying to put all the, the pressure on one person, which is not designed for one person. My job is to preach. Period. My job is to counsel. Period. My job is to, to love and bring the truth. That's it. But there's supposed to be other people whose job is to take care of the business, 
So I asked Leland. I knew he was a businessman from way back. We got a business meeting. I said, Sammy's not, may not be here and Terry hadn't been here forever. And I'm thinking, I can't do a business meeting because I can hardly even count. Lord have mercy. What we're going to do? So looking from the outside and so looking at your own life. If we really look at ourselves, are we in the will of God? Are we doing what he made us to do? And it's hard to judge yourself. It's easy to judge everybody else. Oh, he should do this or she should do that. But what about you? When that mirror is in front of you, and and that's what it's like when you stand before God, it's going to be like having a mirror. You're not going to be seeing God. You're going to be seeing yourself and how you wasted what he gave you. Does this make any sense at all? So let me give you seven things that we should be thinking of. Here's our, our little packages of gold. Number one, our finances. Number two, our gifts. Number three, our skills. Hey, man, Napoleon even had nunchuck skills, computer skills and skills like that. Come on, amen. Skills. Your family. Come on. Your work. Listen, oh, y'all ain't going to like this one. Your body. You're going to have to give an account on how well you took care of your body. Why? Did you not know that your body is the temple of the... Woo! Y'all going to be doing push-ups. Let's take a break and do a couple push-ups. I feel like I'm motivated here. Come on, amen. Then you're going to be have to give an account on how well you took care of your home or your business. Last week, I ought to let Kristen tell the story. She can tell it better than me because I'll mess it up. But last week, little Ro, my grandson, finally got to come over. It's been over three months, just about three months. And Kristen shared it with the ladies the other night, but I'm going to share it anyway. But little Ro said to his daddy, Justin, and he's only three years old now. Get hold of this. Paul plays the drums. Yes, Ro. Paul plays the drums. Paul sings. Yes, Ro. Paul sings. Paul teaches. Yes, Ro. Paul teaches. Paul does a lot. Justin says, Paul does everything. No, Rowan said, Paul does everything. Now, this was my confirmation from a three-year-old child who could recognize that, that we're called to do something. Now, he can't really get his mind around it, but he knows that something is going on here. That, that Paul is busy about something. And it's not so being busy about my business as it is being about the business of God. Now, we can learn from the children, can't we? Because if a child can understand that, that, that we're called to do something, here's what I got to think about. When he grows up, he's going to remember. Paul sang. Paul drum. Paul preached. Come on. 
He's going to remember that. And I can promise you, he is going to want to walk in the footstep of his Paul. Because he is wanting to follow my example. First Corinthians 11 and 1, Paul said, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Paul is saying to the church, listen, don't just watch me do what I've been doing. Because one man can't do it all. Are you seeing it? So, ask yourself this question. If your grandchildren or your children are going to be following your pattern of Christianity, what will they be doing? Will they be wearing out the couch? Will they be wearing out the icebox because they're bored? Do you ever just go to icebox because you're just bored? You know there's nothing in there. <laughs> you know it's nothing in there anyway. You just check 10 minutes ago, but you go back in it. Surely there's something I missed. Paul did it. I'm going to do it. Are you going to be wasting your money on nothing? Kristen's having a giveaway. I'm finna go to the woodshed. Because we've wasted some money on nothing. And I'm going to have to give an account before it Because guess what? I'm the head of the house. Ouch. Kick myself. Our, our grandchildren want to watch us on Facebook and social media. This is how I'm supposed to spend my time hours upon hours. But zero time in the Word of God. Wait a minute. Study and show thyself approved a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Woo. When God get, get asks you for an account of what you know about this, what are you going to say? Oh, man. I can tell you how to get on social media. I can show you how to share your post about Bigfoot. (laughs) But can I tell you how to get saved? Can I share the gospel? What, What about this, though? When we give an account to God. Why didn't you take care of yourself just a little bit better? So you feel better about doing something. Because listen, when you're not feeling good, I can promise you, you don't want to do nothing. Even the Bible says that, that physical training is of some value. If we're never working out or taking care of ourselves, then you're just going to get in this slump like, it's too late now. No, it's not. Let me encourage you. It will come off of you. If you get your focus in the right place. You can't focus on ice cream and cookies and french fries and watch it drop off. You got to eat a few carrots. (laughs) Come on. Some broccoli and some good stuff and fruit and exercise. Because you will give an account. Are y'all loving me yet? The good news is this. This is called... Repentance. Why are you on a diet? I'm repenting. Come on, amen. 
I'm repenting of cookies. I'm not even going to say bluebell because I'm guilty. Y'all hate bluebell. Here's some more gold. Ephesians 4, 11 through 13. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, pastors, and teachers to prepare God's people for work of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God of becoming mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 6. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. In other words, there's one God who distributed this according to His will. There are different kinds of services, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same works all of them. But the same God works all of them. That's what I should have said. And so in order to begin to work, here's what we have to do. We have to stop in our tracks. We have to take inventory. In other words, you got to see what you have to work with. You got to see what I've wasted. I can't get that back. I can't get my years back. Can't get my time back. But I have right this. I have what I have here. And I'm going to start with this. I'm going to start with my inventory. And I'm going to begin to examine myself and see what I need to do. I need to find out what I'm good at. Because if I'm good at something, that's probably meaning that I'm gifted at it. Has God given me a job? Well, the Bible says... Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart is working for the Lord, not for men. For that you know that you will receive an inheritance as a reward. It's the Lord Christ you are serving. So even if you're going to work, use it as a time to serve God. I'm going to be the best employee that Lone Star Gas has or whoever they may be. I'm going to be the best that I can be because really in the whole big scheme of things, when I stand before God, I'm not going to stand before my boss. I'm going to stand before God who will ask me, what did you do with what I gave you? So when you fix a computer or you whatever you do, I'm doing this for God. And I can promise you your work ethics will get better. Has he given you a place to live? You have to be a steward. How well do I take care of my home? How well have you taken care of your spouse? Woo. What? Yep, it's your responsibility. I have to take care of Dola? She's been taking care of me. (laughs) Yeah. But I'm the head of the house. Thank God she's gifted in serving. I wouldn't want to rob her of that, you know. <laughs> Come on, amen. But but the text says in Ephesians 5, 22 through 25, wives, submit yourself to your own husband as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, also wives should submit to their husbands and everything. Husbands, love your wife just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with the word. Water through the word. Washing with the water through the word. 
1 Timothy 4, 8, 9. Physical training is of some value, but godliness has value of all things, holding promises for both the present life and the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. So wives, God's telling you, hey, you have to submit to him. He's hard-headed. He's stiff-necked. He's arrogant. Come on. But you married him. In other words, you chose him. Mama always said, you made the bed. You got to lay in it, boy. Woo. So if you married him, you have to submit to him. But it also says, for husbands to love his wife as Christ loved the church. So here you got a woman that willing to do anything for him because I'm submitting to him, but you got a man at the same time who's willing to die for her. So in the same time, you have these two people striving to please God while at the same time, they're pleasing each other. So easy. You tell a woman these days to submit their husband, you're going to get whoo, talked about. No, submission is a beautiful thing. It's beautiful. Because it's a picture of Christ submitting to the Father. Doing what it required to save the world. It's just a picture. It shows godliness to the world around us. So I'm I'm lucky because when I'm teaching up here... I don't have to teach at home because I'm already washing her with the Word of God. And she'll tell you all the time. I say, baby, remember what we learned at church today. We got to quit saying this or doing this. Because just like y'all, we'll hear a message and walk out here and begin to do it. Then we're like, oh, didn't God just thump my ear? Mm Mm-hmm. Our text says, again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called, listen, two, two keys, who called his servant and entrusted him with his wealth. Two keys is that we've been called, every one of us, and we have been entrusted with much. Remember in Genesis, listen to this, Genesis 3 and 9. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? Now, wait a minute. Let's back up. We're talking about the Alpha and the Omega in the beginning. You think God didn't know where Adam was? He knew exactly what kind of tree he was. Hiding behind the poplar, ash, oak, whatever, sycamore. It could, he knew exactly where he was. But he's asking this for a reason. Where are you? Think about it. What are you doing? Where are you at in your relationship with me? Where are you at in your workplace? Where are you, where's your mind at during the day? Cause you know, stuff pops up all the time on computer. You gotta keep scrolling or you'll get caught in that trap just for a second. And you think, oh, I'll glance at it. But what happens is as you turn, those images do not disappear. So you're walking around going, you know, I can't get it out of my mind. I done saw it. 
like the people say today, I can't unsee this. Woo. I like what it says in 1 Samuel 3 and 9. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. I can promise you today, God is saying to you something. And what you need to say is, Lord, speak, Lord, I'm listening. In other words, I'm willing to begin today to do what you called me to. He calls us. He's been calling from the beginning. Mark, uh, Mark 8 and 34. Then Jesus called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. We are called to lay down our lives for God. Why? Because we are stewards of all this. A crucified life. Look into Galatians 2.20 sometime. Mark 3 and 35. Sitting down, Jesus called the twelve and said, Anyone who wants to be first must be very last. And the servant of what? Of all. If you want to be great in the kingdom of God, you become busy. Serving. Doing whatever it takes to get the business going in the church. See, God has mainly entrusted us with this. You know what this is? This is a map to the treasure. When I was a boy, me and Mark Stafford and Joe Wimpy were just playing, playing, always playing. But I, I remember that we would take our chains and we'd get a little mason jar. And we'd put the lid on tight and we'd go find a place and bury it. And then we'd find a certain tree and we would step it off. And then we'd draw up these maps and we'd put it away. And we'd say, all right, next year or next month or whenever. And we knew what was in it. <laughs> we knew where it was. But it still was exciting to play that game. Don't the Bible say unless we become like children? We, we need to get excited about this treasure. The treasure of God. And we got the map to it. We know how to get there. The, the, the treasure of God is, is having the, not the kingdom of God around us, but the kingdom of God in us. The Bible said, once having been asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus said the kingdom of God does not come with your careful observation or will people say there it is or there it is, for the kingdom of God is within you. Man, we got this treasure. Why do we know that? Our map told us. Inside of you is the treasure of God. Jesus said in Matthew 13, 44 through 46, he said, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And in his joy, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. And once again, the kingdom of heaven is like merchant searching for fine pearls. And when he had found one, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. This whole message is all about understanding what we have Once you get your mind wrapped around what's inside of us, 
then you will begin to understand it's important to do what we're called to do. To use our gifts, our callings for the glory of who? Why? Because you will leave here and you will give an account. Matthew 16, 6, 19 and 20. Do not store for yourself treasures on earth where moth or rust can destroy or where thieves can break in and steal. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. In other words, these things down here are temporal. They're going to decay, go back to the earth. Someone can walk into your house and take it. You can have everything but my bike. <laughs> Hallelujah. But Jesus says this, Matthew 6 and 21. Listen to this. Let's all read it. For where your treasure is, there your hearts will be also. Boy, does that not just round it off? What's really in your heart today? What do you really live for? Paul says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I'm going to live, I'm living for Jesus. If I can't live for Jesus, I might as well die. Because there ain't no happiness in anything else. I done tried it all. And I can tell you, I have tried it all. I'm ashamed of the things I did in the past. And all the things I did never made me happy. But now I'm taking the little things I have that God's given me. He's only gifted me with little things. I'm very gifted literally. That's why I look like a leprechaun. But you guys, my old school teacher right here, man. Did you know I went to, that was my school teacher when I was a boy? I had a, I'm glad he's gone. I had a crush on Miss Dona. I couldn't wait to get to school. She was hotter than fish grease, man. And I just a little boy, just whoo. Dola, dola, dola. But I tell you what I liked about Dola is that Miss Dola understood me. She knew that I was wired a little different than the other kids, but she didn't hold it against me. I was telling my wife yesterday about Miss Collins was the principal for a while. Remember that? Yep, they called me in to whoop me. And I tell you what, I was ready for the wrath, man. But what I, what she didn't know is, is how daddy used to whoop us. Daddy whooped us from Mississippi. Whoa! And when you got hit, you stayed hit. And so when she spanked me, it was just like, and I was like, maybe she's warming up here. You know, maybe she's getting her target here. And, and she gave me three of those, and I'm like, she said, oh, I hated to do that. Keep you such a sweet kid. I see it. I can go back to class, and I did all I could to keep that smile from popping out. I'm thinking, man, I'm, I'm thinking when Daddy was, I'm trying to find underwear to put down there and cushion it up. 
But we got to be faithful. I'm sorry my ADD kicked in. I went to another town and country over. But we got to be faithful with the little things. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not a very good preacher. I'm not this and that. But I try the best I can with what I have. I do the best I can. I stumble through this. I stumble through that. But at least I'm trying. And that's all I'm asking you today. You may not do the best job at doing something. But as long as you're trying. You know, I posted a Bigfoot and everybody's blowing up why I didn't enlarge it or what do you what call it? Zoom. This woman said, our best friend is Zoom. I want to say, here I go, ADD again. I want to say, no, God is my best friend and he doesn't judge me for my mistakes. <laughs> hey man, hey man. But if you see a creature running across your property carrying a deer, you try to stay focused and zoom in. I'm trying not to spill my coffee. Come on, amen. I'm thinking, what is this? I'm not blinking my eyes going, I just woke up, you know. Here comes a creature carrying a deer, walking fast as I could run. But I caught it. I took my little gift of camera, and I held it as best as I could, and I had people over 800-something views. Because I took what I had and did the best that I could with it. Man, if I had a bad camera and I was a film expert, then yeah, we could have got the hair blowing and everything. But we didn't get that. We did the best that a redneck could do with an iPhone. Think about it. But it worked. You may not be the best singer. Best bass player, the best guitarist, you may not be the best teacher, but if we can try to work together, I think when we stand before God, we'll say, you know what, God, I did the best I could. I know that. That's why I'm going to say today, well done, good and faithful servant. Let's all stand. Give you this opportunity. In your seat today, just close your eyes before God and say, Lord, your word tells us that if we look back, we're not fit for the service in the kingdom of God. In other words, Lord, we're not going to look back at all the mistakes that we wasted over the years. We're not going to even look at that. We're going to start today, God. And we're going to find out where we're gifted, what we're good at. We're going to be faithful with our homes, our family, our children, our grandchildren. We're going to try to take those things that you've given us and prepare them and use them for your glory. Because honestly, we're not even given tomorrow. So I don't have no time to waste today. I got to get busy about my father's business. Here's Jesus is, 12 years old. Everybody else is doing hardly nothing, but he's busy trying to learn the word of God. Why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business?
What is the Holy Spirit of God speaking to your heart today? I know you hear that still small voice of God saying, I have given you much. I'm entrusting you with my treasures, my kingdom. Now be good stewards and go and do the work. Even the Bible says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Father, we praise you in the name of Christ. Lord, I ask that you would be with Leland today as he leads our our business meeting. I pray that we'll get that done quickly so we can all go home and enjoy our families. We love you now in Christ's name and God's people said amen.